0: Acquire.
1: 2013, episode 117 of The Skeptic Wire, I'm your host Gary Lawn, and with me this week, the day before the 4th of July, if you couldn't figure that out from the 3rd of July being this 117th episode of The Skeptic Wire, are Craig Perrine, who's giving me a very odd look. I'm giving you the evil eye. Oh. It happens to be my right one. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> there you go. Ew. Stink eye. And... No, that's the left one. No. So you have Evil and Stink. Tonight, I
2: guess. Yay! And I get to sit next to you.
1: You're the evil one.
2: Yeah, better Evil than Stink.
1: Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. Well,
0: her hair is reddish, so reddish uh-huh. red people are evil.
1: No, no, they can't be evil. They just have no soul.
0: That's why they're evil. Yeah, they can't be evil if you don't have a soul. Their soulless nature means that Satan can crawl in and set up shop, which makes them evil. <laughs> oh. But I think we've gone off topic already 30 seconds, a new record <laughs> And a <laughs> <Dennis Lofford. laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not evil I just play one on TV
1: <laughs> She's just drawn that way
2: Yeah, anyway <clears throat> so how Well, I she? do have the Yeah, I have the Jessica Rabbit boobs So maybe I'm drawn that way
1: Well, you have boobs, therefore you're evil if I have moobs, does that make me evil? Yeah, probably. Okay. No. God, that gave me the heebie-jeebies.
2: <laughs> no. Never
1: say that again. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> just, just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Donna, how was your week? Oh. <laughs> Since he's obviously not going to say anything for the rest of the podcast. Oh,
2: my week was pretty good. You know, I'm taking some more time off from work and, you know, kind of enjoying life. And, I don't know, cataloged all my movies and realized I had way too many movies. You cataloged them? Yes.
1: So you, what, put them in alphabetical order or did you put no, them in a I database? No, I have like a spreadsheet. Okay.
2: And I, I have... It. It. Um, movie title, um, the four main actors, director, <laughs> the production company, so the year, the running time. you didn't. an Excel
1: spreadsheet? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't make a database where you could easily fill all that stuff in?
2: No, I didn't, because I didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> okay, well, now you have everything in a database. Or Sorry, in an Excel, so you should be able to import it into a database. That's, yeah. yeah. Greg, of course, has his alphabetized and dusted daily. I don't know. (laughs) You have to go number one, but not number two.
2: (laughs) Is that what that smell was? (laughs)
1: Either that or he's about to start flinging poo. (laughs) So anyway, how are you doing, Greg? You can talk now. Okay. Uh, First of all,
0: (laughs) I do actually have a, a, a card game called Poo. Really? Yeah, you're, It's
2: kind of fun game. Everybody is it.
0: a monkey in the zoo, and you play cards to throw poo at the other players. Why does it have a green cover?
2: Because it's the jungle. <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, the, the jungle set. In the jungle, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Don't go any further. We're going to have to pay for that song, and we can't afford it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lions don't sleep in the jungle. Long, they don't <laughs> live in the jungle. They live on the plains. Exactly.
2: Where it rains in Spain?
0: Well, let, let me tell you... The, the Mainly. My week? Yes. I got in an argument with someone this weekend who didn't quite understand why Elevator Gate was a thing, and kind of came from the men's rights kind of side of things, and just never fun. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Well, it does bear repeating. Uh, Don't hit on girls in an enclosed space. Context matters.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that is the important thing that he just was not getting.
1: Yeah. And we'll be talking about context here in a little bit. Because context matters and more than just relationships. Balloon! See, that comment
0: comment was not in the right context. Because in this conversation, it had nothing to do with the conversation.
1: No, but it could have been a conversation balloon, like you see in
2: cartoons. Cartoons. Thank you.
0: Kardashian. Okay, out of context. See.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm seeing an ongoing joke this entire episode now. Context. <laughs> yes. <Let's>
1: see. <laughs> Which okay. Gary will edit out of everything. <laughs> right. uh, maybe all the all the uh, pregnant pauses we just had.
2: So, so what about you what's been I up with you been other working than...
0: wait a minute we never ask him how his week is going yeah. nobody
2: yeah, I, no i know nobody really cares about gary but nope. maybe somebody out well, there somebody does.
1: does i just don't yeah no i just been working on the masters
2: how's the how's the thesis writing going
3: long and boring rant about object-oriented programming redacted
1: i've been working on programming and song challenge. Uh, and the song challenge which will be next week. Yes, we, we I, it's been a couple months
0: since we challenged ourselves last, but we will have that out for you next week.
1: Yes. And I must say that I am with the well, the overall song that I've written, I am happy with, especially so since the last couple of song challenges have been <laughs> last minute thrown, thrown together. <laughs> <laughs> Plonk. As some people may say. Uh, so do we have any birthdays? Yeah. Whoa, okay. That was just abrupt. That's Context. All. Yes. <laughs> birthday. <laughs> okay, Gary. Fine.
0: This week we have a fairly quick birthday threefer.
2: Quick birthday
1: skeptic yes, choir. Threesome.
0: Two of them will be very quick for you to guess. Very simple. Um, I will try to get them... Guessed by you as quick as possible. Are they related to each other then? All three people are in entertainment media. Entertainment okay. Media. So, uh, the first one talk show host. Born July 3rd, 1956. Uh, Jay Leno. No.
2: Maury Povich.
0: Related to the issues with Sylvia Brown. Oh, uh. uh, uh blah, 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 blah.
2: Shit! African American guy, yeah, Montel Williams.
0: Yes, Montel Williams. Oh, I was thinking of the of oh, the day. Montel Williams show fame, which is yeah. convenient considering that's his name.
2: Huh. Yeah, he was. He frequently had her on his show.
0: He uh, Montel Williams is fairly good for doing things like now that he's not on a talk show, he's a spokesperson for the Partnership for Prescription Anali- uh, Partnership for Prescription Assistance, which is a way of trying to get uh, prescriptions to low income people which is great, and kind of iffy in that he also does some infomercials on, like, the Living Well Blender or something like that.
2: Well, he has been diagnosed with MS, so a lot of that is probably in conjunction with that. The Living
0: Well Blender is kind of its own thing, but he has an MS foundation, which tries to raise awareness, raise research, so he's kind of a, a, a mixed bag. So let's move on to number two, which should be a little harder for you guys to get, Um, So I'll give you a little bit more on the ways of clues. July 3rd, 1974 is when this person was born. He's out of the the Northeast, so probably the people from the very famous Skeptical Podcast have to deal with them on a regular basis, but he was one of the co-founders of the Atlantic Paranormal Society.
1: I'm pretty sure they've mentioned this person before. Uh, is, it, is it the guy who goes by Skeptoid or uh, Skeptico?
0: No. N- I don't know if he does
1: that. Oh well, it would uh, be he's in one his of the virus. guys
0: from Ghost Hunters. Which I, I I agree. I think we've mentioned probably the other co-founder r- relatively recently.
2: Hold yeah, on, hold on. I don't,
0: I don't know his name. I don't didn't remember his name either. Do you th- is it on the tip of your tongue, Donna? Or? I think it is. First
1: name. Grant. Grant. Imahara. No.
2: No. (laughs) Grant Williams. No. No. Grant. Close. W name. Grant Wilson.
1: Yes.
0: There you go. Hmm. Queen of the podcast, Donna, because that was a hard one. Um, So, yeah, just one of the co-founders of Ghost Hunters, uh, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, that kind of stuff. Uh, Trained as a plumber, and now is apparently an expert on ghosts. So, there you go.
2: Well... Bill Murray was trained in physics and metallurgy and and became a Ghostbuster.
0: Was that a Caddyshack impersonation that you were just doing? No. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm sorry I didn't know. So the third and final birthday for today I I hope will be very quick. Um, How many, how few words can I use? Actor. Crazy. Mel Gibson. Couch. Oh, Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom
2: Cruise. Cruise. Tom it,
0: Cruise, crazy. Tom Cruise's birthday today, Mr. Scientology. Woo, woo, woo. Jump on the couch. I love my wife. I love my wife. No, he
2: divorced don't. his ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did he it did it rather spectacularly, too, from uh, what I read. He did love his wife at the time. Yeah, but when she divorced him.
0: Which one? Which <laughs> one? Nicole whichever, Kidman, no, or, whichever or he was Penelope jumping up Cruz, or whatever. The, Katie
2: Holmes. Katie, Katie
0: Holmes. Holmes. So yeah, Tom Cruise, he was born in 1962, on this day, along with yeah. Montel Williams and Grant Wilson.
2: Yay, birthdays! Huzzah!
1: Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> Balloon! Yeah.
0: Let's talk... Are, are you finding it hard to find motivation to move on to
1: the next topic? Maybe. No, I'm trying to find a transition to the next topic. Okay. I thought that no, was a No, I think I'm the one
2: lacking motivation. <laughs> There's
1: been a couple of interesting smoky kind of... Breathing smoke into the lungs. So not a nice smoky barbecue kind of... Which, of course, Ooh, in a smoky barbecue, really you might good. also breathe the smoke into your lungs. Unfiltered. True but you're not doing it for a particular effect. No, for an adrenaline rush or whatever. Right. Which one do we want to start with? Uh, Do we want to start with the mummies? want to go back a
2: ways?
0: Yeah, let's go in relatively chronological order.
2: Um, Life Science had a really interesting article this week that was posted on um, NBC News about uh, the mummies found in Atacama. What they found is by examining the hair... Of these mummies, um, these people were smoking, snuffing hallucinogens, and generally just getting high. Woohoo. Neat.
0: So, uh, from what I understood from the articles, it's not that they thought that um, everybody in Chile from the last couple thousand years were complete teetotalers, not doing anything, but this is a better picture of what time frames they started doing these and. They thought maybe they had started one and stopped the other, but it turns out they were doing it all all the time or something yeah, like
2: that. Something like that. This area in Atacama is has they found a lot of mummies in the area, um, and these mummies are going back pre pre Egyptian. These mummies are also gone back as far as uh, at like three thousand BC. Wow. Um. These are also mummies, usually mummification because it takes so long and it's a a very arduous process to do. It's usually like in Egypt, reserved for the royalty and everything else. In Atacama, they have found children. They have found newborn babies. They have found like, all ages because of how dry and cold it is. Huh. It's actually very easy to mummify somebody in comma. So
0: it's not necessarily a status of wealth to be modified, modified mummied in, in this area Atacama, of Chile. Yeah.
2: Yes, it's because it's not, kind
0: of a deserty area.
2: It's kind of deserty. It's really, really dry, and it's really, really cold, and it's really high up in the mountains. So you kind of just you leave the body out, and there it goes. <laughs> so what
1: did they do? They they tested the hair.
2: Yeah, they, the did hair they took a
1: cutting of pubic hair. I assume. And tested it for... Why Why not just hair on the top of the head? Why does it have to... Pu- pu- pu-? Why'd you go for the pubes immediately there, Greg?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> on the advice of my attorney, I refused to answer that question. <laughs> they took a sample of hair and... they, they got a picture here and that's definitely that pubes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Depends on how you look at the picture, I guess.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> No. Anyway, uh, so they, they basically did the kind of the drug testing that they do for,
0: for,
2: for right for, for like heroin addicts and and everything else. And Only they they
0: they had just under sixty mummies spanning from I think around the BC common era transition time till about five hundred years ago or so. So yep. a good fifteen hundred years spanning these these mummies,
1: and they said, okay, they did testing on fifty six mummies spanning the range from 100 BC to uh, 1450 50 AD and they they found nicotine in 35 mummies all the way through that time right. span so, so, it wasn't... so it was still there was still nicotine used all the way through but apparently they swapped from smoking to snuffing
0: Well, they didn't swap. They just started snuffing at some point. But also people it... still smoked.
2: Right. But they have the physical evidence the snuffing trays, which they're seeing at around 400 AD coinciding in that. So they, they could sit there and they go, okay, we don't have snuffing trays in the stuff that we're finding at 100 BC and all of this. 500 years later, we see it, we can coincide, you know, this mummy, we can date it to 400. It's got the nicotine or the, or the hallucinogenic samples that they're pulling from it. And they're like, look, we've got not only proof of the proof via biological but also archaeological record right. which is what all anthropologists are like oh my god we must have multiple records
0: right so we we know that uh, the snuff trays started showing up around 400 AD yes but that that's just the earliest known example right we can see kind of a clear progression of this was added to the culture around this point and um shows that people have been using
1: substances for many, many
2: many right. many years and yeah,
1: <laughs> we kind of already knew that because the European world didn't have tobacco until it was brought back, so nicotine, use started over here
2: yeah well what it what it's showing is is that in the amounts that they had in there that it's not it wasn't just for pleasure, they were also using it for medicinal purposes helping sleep there are many reasons possible for the differing amounts of nicotine and hallucinogens in the hair we can't definitively say whether or not it was pure pleasure pure medicinal shaman what we can't say that well all we know is there was different amounts and there are objects in the tomb which meant that they meant to take it on to the next world, so it was obviously important to them. That's all or we can ma- say. you know, maybe
1: families just didn't like the stuff. They just wanted to get rid of it, so they buried <laughs> it with them. They never talk about that. It wasn't yeah. honoring someone with their <laughs> drug
0: par- paraphernalia. They just said, you know what, we just don't want this crap anymore. Yeah, We're exactly. Dump it in a hole yeah, in I, the I, I, I
1: got no space for this. <laughs>
2: but, like, you know, it, it's interesting that they've been able to go back so far and basically... Trace it all the way through now.
0: And now and it gives a us big thing. a better picture of South American culture as it changed over the right. millennia. Like chain smokers.
2: Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
0: Which is not healthy. But fortunately, nowadays in the modern world, we have places like the World Health Organization, which tries to p- promote health. Yes. Who? Uh,
1: never gets old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Except that it
1: always gets old. yeah um, <laughs> It was old after the first episode of Doctor Who. (laughs) Doctor World Health Organization? No! Okay, continue. Thank you.
0: (laughs) One of the things the World Health Organization is trying to do is try to put measures in place to encourage people to stop smoking and to not start in the first place. So, say in the early aughts, around 2005 the WHO started a framework convention on tobacco control where they put together all these policies that they uh, acronymed MPOWER, which which seemed to be for monitoring tobacco use and prevention policies, protecting people from tobacco smoke, providing support to quit the use of tobacco, cautioning people against the dangers of tobacco, enforcing bans on tobacco advertising, uh, promotion and sponsorship, and finally increasing taxes on tobacco. So there's all these suggestions of measures that can be done to limit the use of tobacco, not put laws in place to ban anything, because we know with, the, um, what's it, abolition or, was yeah. that the word? Prohibition. 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 Jeez. So we know from prohibition that banning something outright is probably not going to work. But you put these measures in place to educate people that tobacco is not good for you. Wait, wait. education works? It can. It can help. It can reduce numbers and help a little. They recently... I know.
2: I know exactly what you're thinking. Words for our our state government.
0: Yes. Here in Texas, education is not a priority. But uh, the WHO is trying to make that happen. And what they're saying in this uh, latest study that they published, that they're saying that um, there have been a whole bunch of countries that have introduced at least one of these measures, and several that have introduced a couple. And based on the, the rate of change in smoking levels in these countries, they believe that by the year 2050, all these measures that they're putting in place, and especially if they can add more, could save from at. 7.4 7.4 million people or even a couple million more than that if people start adding more measures. So taxing we, tobacco more or more education programs could save even more than 7.5 million lives.
1: Yeah, but do we really want to save them? I mean, we have, what, 7 billion people on the planet already. Yep, that's cruel and heartless. <laughs> I guess it really depends on the people.
2: <laughs> well, you gotta remember how I'm not even gonna go there.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no that that's uh, – I wonder how they came up with the 7.4 – obviously it's a statistical type of – My assumption is that they said, okay,
0: in from 2007 to 2010, these X countries started putting some of these programs in place, and you saw the rate of smoking go down from this percentage to that percentage, and the rate of – death
1: went down from this percentage to this percentage, which could mean this many lives. But reading reading the the sentence, it says, A global study shows that tobacco control measures that have been put in place in 41 countries between 2007 and 2010 are likely to prevent some 7.4 million premature deaths by 2050. Okay. So, 7.4 million people will not have died by 2050 due to tobacco use. Right. That's like it.
2: Right. Now, they might be dying of something else, but... Right.
1: But not due to...
0: Tobacco
2: and tobacco-related diseases.
0: So if they're following the pattern of these Chilean natives that we just finished talking about a couple minutes ago, they'll move on to hallucinations and die in traffic accidents because they think they can just walk out into the road because the Frog King will save them. Or they'll Mm. move over to marijuana. Marijuana? Yes. Mary Jane? still mostly illegal in our country, which... Has caused some crime problems and some, you know, gang and mob violence problems, and that's a bad thing, but it seems to have a new side effect. In the Sierra Nevada mountains, um, there is a species called the fisher or fisher cat, which is kind of a small weasel like thing that is endangered. It used to range across all of North America and maybe in, a little in, bit. In great droves? Yes, like with the buffalo. They just. <laughs> They write write the back. <laughs> <laughs> get along, one little weasel, get one along. weasel per. You're, <laughs> per you're imagining like a stack of endangered animals. Yeah. No, I'm
2: seeing. Seein i no frog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seein the polar bear. I'm seeing the the Fisher Cat. You know, with his little whip going. Get along, little doggies, to the buffalo. I Herding kept cats. focusing
0: on Robin Williams Fisher King thing, and
2: which is a great movie.
0: Yes. <laughs> nothing to do with this. No, nothing at all. But context. Yes. The Fisher-Cats is in context. And what happens is, you know, in, say, California, now Washington, Colorado, pot is semi-legal in that it's still federally illegal or whatever. But there are plenty of other states where it's purely illegal 100%.
2: Like Texas!
0: Yes. So in (laughs) a lot of these areas where pot is still legal, a farm to grow pot is in itself illegal. illegal. So the problem being that... These illegal pot farms are not regulated, so no one's going to follow any laws at all. And the problem being, in this case, that these pot farmers are putting out a lot of um, pesticides that are trying to kill rats and other kind of annoying small mammals. The problem being that these tasty, tasty rat poison pellets that are specifically tasty so that the rat will eat them are poisoning this endangered fisher cat species. Hmm. So I you know, were were they
1: already endangered before the pot farmers came? Okay.
0: But they've they started doing some studies where they radio tagged the Fisher cats that they could find and found that the ones that seemed to die of a higher concentration of rat poisoning or effects of rat poisoning like bad cognition so they went out on a road and got hit were more likely to have visited via this radio frequency ID tracking system Areas where there were illegal pot farms and thus were using non regulated chemicals to pesticide their fields. So,
2: what you're saying in a nutshell is people who grow pot have no respect for the law, let alone environmental law.
0: Exactly. And, and yet, you think of pot being all about that, hippies and close to the earth and whatever. Imagine that. But the business somebody, of it,
2: somebody who's doing something illegal doesn't care what happens to the environment. Hmm. And yet. It seems to me that
1: these researchers know where all the pot farms are. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, they
0: probably work for a college, and college and pot kind of go hand in hand.
1: Maybe this is you come out here and check out these fisher weasel things, man.
0: Well, maybe they, fi- they find out about these pot farms f- through police busts. So they match the locations of these
1: farms that oh, they know of. Ah,
2: Either that or... One of the, I know that on one of the ways that they do track these things is they do do aerial sweeps via like a helicopter and everything else. So oftentimes what will happen is they'll see the pot. They probably see the pot farms and go, oh. that's where we need to be. <laughs>
0: but the, right the same there. things that the pot farmers are doing to try to hide their pot farm from the police, probably doing the same thing to hide it from researchers who are just saying, yes, I'm researching whether weasels come through here. You're a cop, aren't you?
2: And they're not weasels. They're fisher cats.
1: A weasel-like creature. (laughs) Yes. I I misspoke there. It specializes in eating porcupines. I am not
0: particularly motivated to Which makes me wonder
2: how big those things are. You know.
0: Well, probably about the size of a bread box. If you take... (laughs) The average thing apparently is the size of a bread
1: box, because that's what you start with.
2: I was the just Fisher into...
1: is a member of the weasel family. So it is a weasel. They get up to three feet in length. In 12 pounds. Oh, cat. Yeah. Cat-like. That's Actually why it was... bigger than any. Well, 12 pounds. So about, about the size of a
0: cat.
2: Yeah. You've not seen my sister's cats. Trust me. Yeah, 15 my sister's inch. cats are bigger.
0: <laughs> so we see... Basically, you see these illegal pot farmers are particularly motivated by just the business of get... You know these pests off my farm, where they just want to buy, uh,
1: grow the thing and sell it. But I mean that's that's similar to any farm anywhere because they don't want to. But
0: other farms are more controlled by regulation of no, you can't use these hazardous chemicals, or you can only use so much.
1: Right. Or those kind of regulations, which is
0: an argument for (laughs) even though I disagree with the smoking of pot because I think it's stupid, but. I don't think it should be illegal, and this is just one more reason why, in addition yeah. to the crime stuff I mentioned earlier,
2: yes.
1: we're killing off endangered animals.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, we're uh, not. Say, say the fisher cat don't smoke the
1: ganja. <laughs> illegal ganja. Only only through... Uh, certified state, sellers. State certified sellers. From California, for example.
2: And Washington.
1: And Washington, now. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of smoking pot, pot in general... There was an article, a summary, of a study done recently in Live Science. Sorry, the article, the the summary article was in Live Science by a staff writer named Denise Chow. And the headline is, Marijuana Science, Why Potheads Are Slackers.
2: Why didn't she just say, why is water wet?
1: Because that is pretty
0: much the standard image of
1: pot smokers. That's a very much a stereotype of pot smoker. But, I mean, Carl Sagan was no slacker. Mm-hmm. And there's, if, if you read the comments below, there's lots of people who are claiming to work 10- to 12-hour days in construction. And pot smoking actually helps them get through because it does whatever well, for them.
0: And, and from what I understand academically, there are kind of three broad categories of the effects of pot. Either it makes you kind of dopey and lazy, it puts you completely to sleep. Or it makes you paranoid.
1: Yeah. And there's hunger in there somewhere for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, that's kind of
0: the dopey and lazy thing. <laughs> that's what I was grouping it under. But
1: Really? You're kind of dopey and lazy as being uh, uh, food gorgers? Well, <laughs> I'm lazy and I'm a food gorger, <laughs> but I'm not on pot. <laughs> right.
3: Probably so that is thing.
1: why I group those together. <laughs> well, this writer then, she never actually links to... The article, or to to the study that she's talking about, just just But she does mention the, the the name of the of the lead researcher, a guy named uh, Michael Bloomfield, who's been I I guess he's done a couple of different studies on on dopamine and and pot use and stuff. I went and looked up the the study because I was curious as to what the hell it was about. <laughs> she gets some of. The facts right. Uh, they had 19 regular marijuana users, um, which the study actually describes as uh, heavy users. Heavy users, yeah. Uh, and 19 non users of the same sex and age. Now, these, these 19, sorry, these 32 people were 38 people. <laughs> One, <laughs> Math two, is good. Five. Three, sir. <laughs> 38. People. <laughs> I are a mathematician. How's that so, uh, master's program going, Gary? I don't do a lot of math. <laughs> These 38 people were actually pulled from a another study, a cohort study with 400 other people, and they were specifically looking for heavier users, and specifically f- in the in the user part. People who have had and do have uh, psychotic episodes while on pot. So that third category
0: that I had mentioned of some people just get really paranoid and yeah. go a little nuts. Ex-
1: exactly, and so so they wanted these users because they wanted to see uh, how what its effect is on, on the on the dopamine uh, and whether the pot use is affecting that, and therefore the the study itself was to see if. Uh, cannabis use actually causes psychotic symptoms.
0: Because I think it's, um, what is it, schizophrenia or something like those kind of psychotic episodes are related to a high level of dopamine. So they wanted to see Correct. if there was a similar yeah. association between, uh, they assumed a high level of dopamine for these people who had had psychotic episodes went on pot that was the hypothesis
1: they went in that's with. correct it, it makes sense because yeah. you're you're changing the dopamine level people who have schizophrenia or stuff like that like you said it's not necessarily more dopamine it's just an imbalance in the dopamine levels in their brain so for them it could be more or less but what they found was The cannabis use actually reduces the dopamine level in the brain. And that's all in the study, which they
0: didn't expect, but it was like, okay, so there is some sort of association with increased marijuana usage and your brain, at least in certain areas of your brain, picked up by a PET scan we can say, oh, there's this lowering of dopamine. Maybe this isn't the association we're looking for, but we did see a statistical difference.
1: Right, because one of the things is that uh, dopaminergic dysfunction is linked to drug dependence. So if you have a problem with your dopamine levels, you're you, going to be more likely to be an abuser or a user of, of drugs.
0: I assume that's because the drugs themselves mimic... A dopamine effect, well, so dopamine, the
1: body stops I mean, what's producing. What's dopamine? Dopamine is your get pleasure, re- pleasure response.
2: Yeah, yeah right. it's also your get up and go. It has dopamine has a lot of effects on the body. Let's cut right. to that chase.
1: Basically, they went through the study and, and they found out that high pot, uh, high pot users,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: high levels of pot,
1: right? Users. Usage. Cannabis usage. It reduces the, the dopamine level, and therefore, it's not actually contributing to the psychotic episodes. Or at least
0: not in the same way. Correct. They may have the same symptom, but the cause is different.
1: The study was actually pretty pretty good. Um, first of all, they allowed the, the users to, to smoke in their own home, so they weren't actually coming in. Uh, and then they did testing on them to see, like, they they were supposed to come in without having used it in a 12-hour period, and so they drug tests on them, and then they were supposed to have used it within two hours before they get the PET scan to see what was going on. And so they also sampled to see how much THC was in the pot that they were smoking. Now, that varied from person to person, and so that part wasn't particularly regulated. But they assumed that they tested
0: the the quote-unquote non-pot smokers to make sure that there wasn't THC, that they weren't just lying.
1: Yeah, they're, yeah. So it, it was actually a pretty cool study. And, you know, 19 people, not a lot, but statistically significant in that there was a, a large drop in the dopamine. Although the error bars do kind of cross over with the medium users. and the Well, when you've
0: users. got 38 subjects, you got really
1: wide ranges of yeah. errors. of Right. And, and again, they weren't regulating how much they smoked. They just said, don't do it here or do it
0: here it was a prospective study to yeah. say is there a big effect that we can kind of play with here to do more studying later Exactly.
2: in addition you're going to have a small amount on this because the pot users are really they are putting their faith into these scientists
1: mm-hmm.
2: to not you know and rat them, them out <laughs> and, 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 and these
1: guys are and they're looking for people who've had psychotic episodes right. who might be paranoid.
2: <laughs> you know, so it's not surprising that there is a very small number in their study. Right. But Thanks. they did try to control it as much as possible. They did get their control factors in there. All of it. they did everything they could mm. despite their small sample size.
0: And and at least in the the paper description that Gary found for us the They're not making any wild, far-reaching claims.
1: No. No. They wanted to see if the dopamine levels would lead to psychotic... And, and because the dopamine levels are less, obviously it's not an increased dopamine level that's going to lead to psychotic episodes. So there's something else happening there. But the writer from Life Science, Denise Chow, has made the conclusion that hotheads or slackers or at least certainly the headline she's she's determined that the less dopamine you have the less likely you're going to have some get up and go and, and do stuff she
2: she picked the the one thing about dopamine of the important role it plays in motivation it looks like she picked up on that little nugget and went oh so they have less of it so they're not motivated so they're slackers
0: she basically went and googled dopamine and looked at the wikipedia article to say what it is associated with it yeah. says motivation she went with that now in her defense there are a lot of quote unquote science writers who would never even go that far they would just reproduce a uh, a press release without doing any sort of reading into an article at all right and and just kind of and that's how we get
1: horrible horrible science well and and that's stuff. and this is kind of bad writing Because she actually gets the study right in her description of the study, but she may not have come up with the title,
3: Why Potheads Are Slackers, but her very first paragraph says, The stereotype of pot smokers as lackadaisical loafers is supported by new research. No, it's not. (laughs) People who smoke marijuana regularly over long periods of time tend to produce less of a chemical in the brain that is linked to motivation, a new study finds. But that is not what the study says at all.
1: And so she has completely, by that paragraph, by those two sentences, she had... Actually, it's just one sentence.
0: So took the the, the (laughs) fact that in this study... Long-term, high-use pot smokers who have had a psychotic episode, they have less dopamine, it seems, on average. Right. And just went running with it. Right.
2: But also, you're looking at people who, if they're experiencing psychotic episodes, they may have a lower dopamine production as it is. There might mm-hmm. be other factors. They're looking; These scientists looked at a very specific group of people. One of which you, when you're talking about schizophrenics and everything else, once again, complex disease here, you can't say, oh, pot smoking caused them to be schizophrenics. Right. You can't say that. Yeah. There is, they may have already had a lower one prior to, which we. We don't know. Don't know.
0: They yeah. may have been trying to self-medicate their psychosis episodes with marijuana.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we don't, we don't know anything about this. The participants, but this the study was specifically for one thing. But there's one kind of cool outcome that they may be able to follow up on, in that this study and other studies uh, are starting to have evidence that perhaps dopaminergic dysfunction may provide a biomarker of addiction severity. So people who have problems with their dopamine may be more likely. To have an addiction problem, you bring someone into a, a rehab facility. You do a quick blood test of
0: where's your dopamine at, having been clean for 12 hours. Yeah. Oh, you have really low dopamine. We're gonna have to make sure that we watch you very carefully, or you're kind of medium, so you can be in an outpatient kind of well, version.
2: Yeah.
0: Or that's just one hypothesis. I think just I think that off, it
2: would be more of a, a my ass. more <laughs> of a tool in that initial assessment period of. Okay, let's get these levels situated correctly, and then see where we go from there.
1: Yeah. I was uh, disappointed in the live science article. Because
0: <laughs> it's in a live science oh. website. Yes. You expect them to be a little better than, say, Home and Garden's science article or something. Right, or the HuffPost Post.
2: Does- <laughs> Home and Garden even really have science.
0: I, that's the best thing I could think of that was not specifically science related. Yeah, Home and
1: Garden. Did you have science? There's also a lot of
0: woo I, in it. I'm thinking like a sports writer trying to
1: write about a science article. We know that from these people who have smoked the pot that they can have uh, psychotic breaks. Well, actually, they the episodes. Ones, uh, episodes. However, your imagination can. Also, change your perception of reality, according to a couple of studies. No, it's it's
0: it's something that we've kind of had an inkling of before, in that you know every good skeptic knows about pareidolia, where your perceptions of something means you might see more than there really is.
1: Right, but there's a lot of food studies that we're going to talk about (laughs) in a little bit. But I mean, yeah, it's getting better detailed, the kind of more
0: evidence to show. Listen. How you think about things really does affect your perception of reality, so let's not trust the brain as some kind of, you know, completely fidelitous VCR that records things exactly
1: as they really are in the real right. world. It, it's you the can get of, of what's real and, and what's wrong. I mean, we already know that. The relativity of time changes perceptions depending on where you are and and
2: what you're doing and and how much pleasure you're partaking in that episode.
1: So your attitude towards things, to where you are, can also change. We know that the color of the room you're in can affect your mood. Um, the, The company that you're with can affect how good the food is especially wine
0: I is that why wine. we
2: never eat out anymore <laughs> together
1: <laughs> you mean at restaurants right yeah okay what <laughs> <laughs> oh i get it <laughs> <laughs> context
3: <laughs> hold, hold on. I,
0: I don't think you should talk gary because maybe donna is going to kill me and that might mean the end of the podcast forever well, for you.
2: <laughs> Not going to kill you now.
1: <laughs>
0: now
2: is that key word. That's all i got to say.
1: Greg, why don't you tell us about Imagination Can Change Perception of Reality, that particular yeah. one, before we move to <laughs> Do tell.
0: <laughs> so at Sweden's Karolinska Institute, or however nice you pronounce that, a researcher by the name of Christopher Berger did uh, several experiments that he's published in Current Biology, uh, but the article I found it on was a blog over on Psychology Today, where um, really went into the, the nuts and bolts of not just how we humans make pareidolia-like kind of just assumptions of, oh, that looks like a face, or the bad lip-reading videos on YouTube mm-hmm. where you know someone will have text below and they'll have filled in someone else's Voice like Rick Perry or Barack Obama yeah. or my famous my favorite example is the uh, there's a song from uh, Karina Barana called O Fortuna, <laughs> and it's in Latin or something like that. But basically, they pronounce they put words captions in the below, below it, right? To make you think that they're saying Oh Fortuna,
1: yeah,
0: you know, give more tuna, you know, and and, and seeing people's different explanations of that influences how you perceive you hear the song well in this case the researcher decided that um, really to go into not just how different senses can combine to change your perception like for example to go in a small digression how if you're standing on a boat and the boat is going up and down you feel like you're going up and down but your perception from the boat's point of view is you're moving with the boat so you don't see it going up and down and therefore your brain goes, okay, that's weird, and you get seasick. Well, in this case, if you perceive something, and in this case the experimenter had the subjects imagine something that would contradict that, it did actually affect people's perceptions of reality. So they did three experiments. One, they had images of two objects go essentially towards each other, and they were instructed to imagine a sound of something when the two objects appeared to meet on the screen or whatever however it was presented and that made people think that they actually had c- collided so they were told when these two mm. things come together go bronk and it makes you think yes they did hit each other i'm not sure there wasn't a lot of detail in the live science article about how they measured it if they came back later and said do you remember those two objects did they hit each other or not or or if it was right then and there um, but it, it did make people think that they had to hit each other as opposed to pass each other. The second e- example was they had uh, they played a sound for the subjects and they had them imagine on a certain point of a screen, a flash of a white circle. And depending on where they imagined the circle, they perceived the sound coming from a different place in space. Mm-hmm. So the uh, imagining that, oh, that circle is off to my left made me think that the sound came from my left because they co-occurred at the same point. Sure. The last one was essentially what I was just talking about a couple minutes ago about the O Fortuna videos where they s- s- the perception of w- s- what someone was saying was affected by imagining a sound. That, that went along with it. The way I... The example I came up with in my head, but it's not in the article, is if you heard the phrase, oh, he got bombed, but you were imagining glug, 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 glug drinking sounds, you would think someone got drunk. But if you imagined <laughs> when someone said someone got bombed, you would think someone got a, exploded by an IUD. Context. So the uh, context... I-E-D... What did I say?
2: I-U-D. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew something
1: was wrong with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's one pissed off woman.
0: (laughs) That was quite a Freudian penis. Um, Yes, (laughs) I-E-D. Donna, you were correct. I'm an idiot. But.
2: (laughs) Did you not see the look of... Oh, my God, what did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) Horror.
0: No, when I'm trying to explain these things, I'm kind of staring off into space. Hmm. And um, I don't always know what I said. I apologize, dear listener, for making that mistake. And I apologize, Donna, for making that mistake. I apologize, Gary. I apologize, Harpo, for making that mistake. But regardless, so thinking of a sound happening when you heard something said changed your perception of what was said and the context sure and the and they they didn't give a lot of numbers in the um psychology today blog that i looked at of how significant these words how they measured it like i said was it the next day or was it immediately after or how exactly the experiment was run but they did find that how you imagine something, if you're thinking of something at the time, if you're seeing lyrics on a screen to O Fortuna or a misheard uh, mistranslated lip reading kind of thing it makes you hear something different sure, having having looked up that O Fortuna song, if you go to YouTube and look up O Fortuna misheard lyrics, I found at least four or five different versions that have some similarities like O Fortuna some people say it, go Fortuna and there's a German version out there that if you l- see the German words, you imagine German, not English.
1: Right, but if you just Google misheard lyrics, regardless, yeah. I mean, there's it's like there's thousands. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix, you know, excuse me while I kiss this guy, right? Uh, or the McGurk effect, if you're familiar with that, where uh, it's a video of a guy saying uh, I think ba ba ba, but you hear ga 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 or da da da. And so it's just, your brain cannot be trusted. Exactly. Really.
2: In addition, we're also bringing into our own, you know, I'm sure that if you, if somebody in, say, Israel or Saudi Arabia said, oh, look at that guy who just got bombed, they're going to think more, as opposed to, glug, glug, (laughs) wee!
0: It's the context of their culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like um, they didn't really talk about this, but these experiments really kind of reinforce this idea of how we're thinking about things at the time really changes the reality. And it's kind of the ultimate in confirmation bias that if we're thinking, you know, um, I'm in Israel and this guy walked down the the, the, the street and he got bombed, you assume... Blow up! You didn't assume he walked into a bar because yeah. of the context, and you're looking for those details that confirm what you are already thinking, kinda.
1: Mm-hmm. But your but your brain can affect you in different ways as well. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. not just, a not lot just of, your memories
0: yeah. of text and stuff like that. Yeah, uh,
1: there was a, another study done about the taste of cutlery. Well, well like that, that <laughs> was that, that was the title. The title was called "The Taste of Cutlery." And it's basically how the taste of food. Uh, is affected by the the weight uh, and the the shape and the color of mm-hmm. both the food and and the cutlery you're using.
0: I, I know there there are already studies that had been done in the past about things like if you have a small plate of food as opposed to a large plate, but the same amount of food, mm-hmm. the plate size. De- affects how you think you're full after you've eaten all the same amount. Sure.
1: But, and but this that is
0: specifically the
1: utensils you use. Utensils and how you perceive the taste of it then.
2: Right. Because uh, the whole part about the, the cheese and the knife, if you eat cheese off of a fork or you pick it up, it's fine, but it tastes saltier if you eat it off of straight a knife. off of the knife. Yeah. That's one that i am like, how does that work?
0: Yeah, I was, I was wondering
1: if that's cultural context or if it was just They were they were saying it's mainly cultural. Well, let's let's back up for a little bit. Uh, there were three experiments done on Oh, curses, I don't remember how
0: many I'm going to assume psychology 101 students.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a small
2: More than 100 students took part yeah. in the three experiments. Okay,
0: so that's pretty good. At the University of Oxford.
1: Okay. So, experiment 1 had uh, two large spoons of different weight and two small spoons of different weight and the the weights were not visible so they're actually embedded inside uh the the handle and they also had an expensive looking silver spoon that was made out of plastic and a cheap spoon and so they were trying to determine whether that's going to affect the way that you're going to taste a yogurt that's that's on there uh there's the next experiment was the color of the spoon was altered. So they're identical spoons, but they were a different color. Uh, red, green, blue, white, and black. And the yogurt was either white or pink. So, they so a very alter. racist experiment. Sure. No. They're colors. It's fine. <clears throat> and then the... Th- um, the third was the, the th- cheese. The third experiment was they had two different types of cheese. Uh, a newer cheddar and an older aged cheddar. And mm. it was sampled with either a fork spoon knife <laughs> or a toothpick and as you said or a batleth. and that in, in that in that particular experiment the
2: cheese eaten the, off the knife tasted saltier
1: exactly and that's probably cultural because according to them when you go to a cheese shop it's they cut it with a with a knife and then they give you, a you, you take a, a sample yeah. from the knife. And so usually cheese to chops have older, older age aged and more expensive cheeses, which tend to be saltier. Okay. okay. So experiment one the spoon size and weight mattered more than whether it was fancy looking. Uh, a heavy spoon made yogurt seem less dense, or sorry, seem the least dense and the least expensive of the yogurts, so identical yogurt. Uh, But it it was sweeter. So it was not just the taste, it was their perception of if it was expensive and of quality. Exactly. So heaviness equaled quality, and the size of the spoon uh, pertained to sweetness. Apparently this is all statistically significant. (laughs) Uh, Experiment two, the blue spoon tended to make people think that the yogurt was saltier. Blue spoon. But they were saying that that one may have been due to con- cultural conditioning because a lot of salty foods come in blue packages. which Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably, I don't know whether the blue came first or, or, or later, but there's a lot of research into the way people perceive colors and the taste, and this is just one of those. And so, say, <clears throat> I don't know, what's a salty treat? Salty treats, Salted Treats Incorporated, may have done market research that determined that blue was the best for their
0: salty product. Their but people. then you have another product that they're trying to emphasize that oh, this is a hot peppery kind of taste, so yeah, they so put it in orange. a red bag or, yeah, yeah, or, or orange,
1: yeah, or sweet, so it's red. Uh, I think again an experiment too. Uh, the black spoons were perceived having less sweet than the white spoons and the white spoons were perceived as being more expensive now it's racist <laughs> <laughs> not really that's just everyone's perception we we don't know what the breakdown or at least
0: within the culture of these subjects yeah now
1: <laughs> i enjoyed reading this study uh <laughs> because it, the the authors really wanted to make if themselves appear i don't know smarter than <laughs> than the study would probably let on let me let me let me read you so were they using a lot of big fancy words oh yeah
0: okay
3: Uh, The visually estimated size and weight of tools used for eating hereafter referred to as cutlery are used to shape the fingers in order to grip the cutlery at a particular location or affordance point and with a particular force Here comes the good part. Vision and proprioceptive feedback then guide the cutlery and the food toward the mouth
1: (laughs) Anybody know what proprioceptive means? Is
3: that like if
1: your erection lasts longer than four hours, you should call a doctor? (laughs) Sort of. Uh, It means one's own. And so...
2: I was going to say proprietary.
1: Yeah. Vision and your own feedback thing guide the cutlery and the food toward the mouth. And then there's another sentence where they're talking about the yogurt
3: and the different spoons. And they said... uh, And participants rated the perceived density, expensiveness, and sweetness of the yogurt and gave the yogurt an overall hedonic rating.
1: They liked it. Related to pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, so whether or not they liked the yogurt.
0: Well, a lot of times in actual journal articles, they have to use a lot more jargon because it's very specific in the language to get the point across. In, in a very specific way rather than using everyday language which can be
1: th- No there 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 is vaguer. that there is the idea of imparting more information per basically yeah. entropy right that the least <laughs> amount used gives more information than one that's used a lot
0: or right. and also specifically there may be various words that are synonyms of each other, but they all have different shades of meaning, and they're trying to be very precise in their sure, language. but there's
1: no reason to use proprioceptive.
0: Right, and that <laughs> sounds more like there was some article that was written, I, I don't know if it was like an a, a English article or a psychology article, that they deliberately went out there and just filled it with jargon to right. prove that they could get an article published that was about nothing just using as much technical jargon as they could. I don't
1: even think... I think it was also written by AI. I don't, I don't even think that they I, actually I, wrote an
0: article. It was some years ago. So yeah. they they wrote this, it got peer-reviewed, published the whole thing, and then they followed it up immediately with their next article saying, see, we got this posted. Yeah. People use too much jargon to make them sound more exactly. intelligent and than know they really are. To go back and, and Were you really going to watch that balance between being very specific with your language... To get a specific point across so you're not being, um, you can't be misconstrued in what you said. Right.
1: But interestingly enough. And trying to make enough, yourself
0: like, sound like a professor.
1: Right. But interestingly enough, that leads us right into the next article <laughs> where.
0: If you guys um, want to talk about wine testing next week, that's fine yeah, by me yeah. because okay. give me more I don't know anything it. about okay. wine
1: testing. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll shelve this one because Greg doesn't know anything about wine, wine tasting, tasting at all. But, uh, I know a little bit.
0: But I know plenty <laughs> Just about psychology. I know plenty about psychology, and I understand yeah. that taste is incredibly subjective. But
1: yes, and that's, and that's exactly a what the discussion
0: for another time. But let's move on to the bowling round.
1: Lightning round. <laughs> Lightning round! The lightning round where we, uh, Donna and I effectively are, are given ninety seconds to answer or fill in the blank of the latest Headline. headlines from the past week. Good enough. Yeah. Let's why, why did this week? I just couldn't get my cranium wrapped around it. Uh, anyway, just because you're
0: trying to use big words to make yourself sound smart.
1: Rock paper scissors to see who starts. What? Fair. Ten.
0: Hey, I start. Alrighty. So, do you have your timer ready, Gary? I do! Alright, ready for your first question, Gary? I am, indeed. UK regulator Ofcom has fined two organizations thousands of pounds for failing to tell viewers of blank programs that the shows are essentially for entertainment purposes only. Psychic. Come on. Wrong button. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Go ahead. Kerberos and Styx are new names for blank. Um, Pluto's moons. Two new moons. CDC and Kaiser researchers looked over 13 years of neurologist records and did not find any association between vac- vaccinations and the development of... Uh, autism. Gullian barre syndrome. Ah, that's bullshit. Okay, go ahead. It was on the freaking website. Yeah, check A Start Some Good campaign from Atheist Alliance International aims to raise funds for a pilot program to teach critical thinking in... Cambodia. As a joke, occupational therapist Christina Steffens has made an internet sensation of herself by posting a video where she built what?
1: A Lego
3: leg?
0: Yep. Uh, A story from Richard Hannes. Listener, uh, the outgoing governor of the Bank of England has announced that author Jane Austen may replace blank on the $10, 10 pound note.
1: Uh, 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 Darwin.
0: Italian neuroscience, Dr. Sergio Catavanero has a paper in Surgical Neurology we're International where he suggests that the technology has advanced far enough that we can resurrect experiments attempting...
1: Oh, curse of luck. Uh, I need replace <laughs> uh, uh, Head. Oh, uh, for a head replacement.
2: Head trans- transplants. Client. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, there wow, you I have go. gotten two. <laughs> Well, you had six correct and one wrong. No, Guillain Barre syndrome, which yeah. I apparently cannot pronounce. It's
2: Guillain Barre.
0: Guillain Barre. I apologize.
1: Maybe it's a Guy and Barre. It's like <laughs> a really. It's a French uh, kung fu artist. Sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> Donna, you have six to beat. To uh, so, if you beat six, you are uber queen of the podcast.
2: I think Gary's got this one. <laughs>
0: We shall see. Timer ready? Yeah. All right. Donna, Connecticut Governor Daniel Malloy signed into law a measure stating that the 1901 Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut re- resident Augusta of Whitehead was the first person to blank.
2: To be educated. Nope. No
0: Lie. Achieve powered flight. Uh, a new Texas-based Christian film called Echo Light Studio has hired conservative politician blank as their new Christian. Santorum. Frothy Mix himself. Uh, Australian researchers published in the Journal of Clinical Investigation that they were closing in on a potential vaccine against multiple strains of... Malaria. Prop comics. <laughs> researchers have announced that another two people show no more traces of blank after being treated with stem cells for lymphoma. HIV. Created by a 15-year-old Canadian woman, the most reported invention from the 2013 Google Science Fair is
2: um, a flashlight operated by the, power, the heat from your hands.
0: Powered by it, but yes. Uh, shortly shortly after Pope Francis ordered a wide-ranging investigation, Italian po- police arrested a bishop and two other men on suspicion of
2: goat fucking. I have no idea. <laughs>
0: financial fraud. No, they didn't investigate them fucking little children. Uh, The Catholic Church, again, has attributed a second miracle described as inexplicable recovery to blank. Uh, John Paul II. Uh, Scientists at the UK Rutherford Appleton Laboratory are attempting to develop systems to protect future astronauts by mimicking... Um... Alcohol? Prop comics. (laughs) The Earth's mag- magnetic field okay. to create a force field. <laughs> Donna, you had five correct and three
1: wrong, which makes Gary
0: Yay! today's queen of the podcast.
1: Well, that was good job, especially on my part.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I did better than I thought I would.
1: Yeah, me too. You both do good. Sometimes, <laughs> not great, but good. <laughs> All right, so I guess that will end this podcast. I think we've chattered long enough into your ears. Quite a bit, yes. And we will talk at you next week. Thank you for joining us this
0: week. I will not be here next week. I will be at TAM. So if you are at TAM, please come find me and say hi. He has buttons. Yes.
2: And... Hopefully this will be out before Saturday. If you are here in town in San Antonio, please come by the radio center about 730. Hemant Mehta, the friendly atheist, is coming to speak, and we shall all enjoy his speech.
1: Exactly. And if you have any extra money, you should donate to the... Uh, critical Thinking in Cambodia campaign that uh, Atheist Alliance International is putting together. Or uh, email us a check. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> we could use the money. <laughs> yeah.
1: But they only needed about $500 last time, and so it'll. I think it ends on Sunday.
0: So Thursday. go donate, people.
1: Do good works. Yeah. Alright, okay. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at the Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com you've been listening to The Skeptic Wire.
0: Uh, do we want to do the tobacco and pot first or the perceptions?
1: Well, um...
0: I really don't have an
1: agenda on Tobacco either. and pot lead... Into, into food. <laughs> yeah, you'll into food, too. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's start Just, with tobacco. Debrac- <laughs> and we can... Just say we, we can... That doesn't even make... Uh, what prohibition? That doesn't hardly make any sense.
3: Prohibit.
1: Pro, prohibit, yeah, uh, So we know It doesn't with pro- make sense. <laughs> you're forhibiting? <laughs> Sounds like something Kermit might be... <laughs>
2: Oh,
1: You're like your <laughs> hibbit. Hibbit? Hibbit?
2: Oh, Are we going to have another Elmo likes to
0: watch? <laughs> You're the one who reminded us of it. But he was cleared of his charges.
1: Kermit likes to freebase. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Elmo likes to watch!
0: <laughs> oh, God. We're writing our own Meet the Feebles sequel. <laughs>
1: We're talking about moving
0: (laughs) along. Well, as we mentioned, you know, we skeptics know all about pareidolia
1: where... Many skeptics do. Uh, Well... And we know a lot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my imagination
0: is affecting my perception of you right now, Gary. Just not all.
2: And my reality has affected my perception of you right now, (laughs) quick.
0: That's just your imagination. So... (laughs) in sweden at Come the with me and
1: we'll be in a world of pure imagination where greg's dead because donna killed him but that's just with no a trunction <laughs> let's keep moving truly dead you'll be
2: let's move along
1: if you want to see Paradise, just piss off Donna. She'll do it. <laughs> she'll run you through with uh, something. Damn. Skewer it. <laughs> want to die in pain? There's she'll nothing to it. <laughs> Fuck you both. Well, I hate no, you.
0: No, we've been singing enough of the song
3: that he's going to have to cut it out for yeah. copyright reasons.
1: Anyway, why would you tell us about